What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Ribs, which stands for Relationships and Biblical Submission. My name is Doug, and right beside me, I have my lovely lady, Diavion. And today, we're going to be talking about the hot topic of finding the one. Now, our goal, if you're new to this podcast, is really going to be telling people how to do relationships God's way, and we're going to be sharing our experiences with you along the way, and also what the Bible has to say about it. Now, before we get started and get into the topic of discussion, we want to always start off with a verse of the day, and so I'm going to pass it over and let Diavion speak about that. Hey, y'all. So today's verse of the day is coming from Proverbs 18 and 22. It says, he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Um, so, Bay, how do you find the one? That is a great question, and I think what we really have to do is go back to what we talked about in our very first episode, the last episode, which was having a relationship with God, because having that first relationship with God is going to really propel you in finding the one God has for you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so when you understand who you are in Him, you understand the purpose He has for you and your life. When you know that you are fully made whole in God and complete and you're not a half of anybody, Mm -hmm. but you're whole in God, Mm -hmm. then you really start to let the loving Father tell you and confirm with you who to be talking to and who not to be talking to. Absolutely. And so when you have that first established, it becomes more easy to find the one. Yeah. Yeah. When you have that relationship with God, that is the spearhead of everything kind of coming together for you. But as we continue in this conversation, know that everybody has their own timeline and God is in control of that timeline. So maybe for us, I think it took us three years to get together. Yeah. So yeah, our timeline may not be your timeline Or your timeline may be a year, or your timeline may be five years. We don't know that. Only God is in control of that, and we have to be patient in the process of the merging. Exactly, exactly. And so after you get into this authentic connection and relationship with God, the next thing you really got to start asking yourself is really look in the mirror. And everybody has their own standards and ideals of what they want in a man or in a woman. Mm -hmm. And so when you take that time to really look at yourself and say, am I ready to be in a relationship? And then are you saying, all of the standards and expectations that I want in another person, do I fulfill those and meet those expectations myself? Mm. Do I hold myself to the same standard? Why? Because we can see in the Bible, you look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 2. It talks about, And the verse says, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Yeah, I love that. What would you say about that? From the female perspective, I remember my first year of college, and I was researching everything there had to be about godly dating. And I stumbled across a sermon by Sarah Jakes Roberts. And if you don't know her, she is such a spiritual powerhouse. If you're looking for a female pastor or just wanting to know more about just... Being a godly woman, check her out. But anywho, in the sermon, she was asking the ladies to be realistic in our pursuit of finding the one that God has for us Um, and in our singleness season. To put it plainly, she said, don't walk around like you're too good, like you don't have flaws too. Right. 
If you want a biblical reference, let's take Matthew 7, verse 3, for instance. Why do you look at a speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the speck in your own eyes? Ladies, what I'm saying is when you're in your singleness season, be prepared to revisit the list that you made. I took a look at mine and I had several characteristics, traits, physical attributes that I was not. So while I looked at that list, it made me get to work on myself as I waited for God to bring the person that he had for me. So when measuring the list and, and all these different things, it's like asking yourself, am I those things? And being willing to say, hey, I'm not those things. So if I'm going to call for my husband to have these characteristics, I need to get to work on myself. Absolutely. And I think one thing that we always go back to with each other is if you are a man that's wanting a Wonder Woman, are you a Superman? Mm-hmm. Or vice versa, if you are a woman that's wanting a Superman, are you a Wonder Woman? And so really kind of holding yourself to those same standards. Because I know a lot of women, especially um, that are younger, they have these long lists of things and expectations that they want in a guy. And they'll say things like, oh, he got to have six figures, a nice car, nice friends, and over six feet tall, right? Yeah. Like, and all of these things. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, all right, you look at yourself. Okay, do you do the same thing? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Or even for the fellas, for the gentlemen that are listening to this podcast. I know we always say things like, oh, she got to be beautiful, slim, thick, with long hair. And, like, she got to be a virgin and never have messed with no other dude. No miles on her. And no miles. And, and of course, you know, she can make money, but just not more than me. Mm-hmm. And those are things where... It's like, Yellow okay. bone, whatever. Yeah, it's like, oh, she got to be light-skinned yeah, and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, so there's nothing wrong with having standards. expectations yeah. and standards, right? We just need to make sure that they're realistic. Yes. You can't ask for that fairy tale, like, complete 100% Mr. Perfect or Miss Perfect. Yeah. Because, I mean, if that's what you want, are you that yourself? Yeah. And knowing that, with people, they're not Build-A-Bears, right? You can't go around and pick their jackets and coats and <laughs> stuff them. And, like, they, knowing that something that I want to drive home in this podcast, if you don't hear anything else that we say, is knowing that when you are paired with God, the person that God has for you, they will have flaws. Right. They will have flaws. Why? Because they're human. The only person that doesn't have any flaws and is without sin, right, is Jesus. So yeah. it's acknowledging, okay, these are the, these are my non-negotiables, you know, and being realistic about those things because you got to know whoever you get with, though they may meet the qualifications on your list, they're going to have flaws. Yeah, they're going to have problems. No matter mm-hmm. who it is, it doesn't matter if it's your future spouse or your future wife or your mm-hmm. future husband. As you get to learn more about them yes. and date them, yes. I don't care if you, even if you're in the, the puppy love stage, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and you're in the first little, I guess, honeymoon phase or whatever they like to call it. Yeah. Over time, yeah. you're going to find something that you don't like. You're going to find something that may be a non-negotiable. You may find things that are just flaws and things that y'all will have to work on together. Yes. To grow. Yes. Right? But that is what we would call having realistic expectations. Yes. Now, the second thing that we would also like to talk about when you're talking about finding the one is being in the right position. Mm. How important is it to be in the right position? Oh, it's so important. I think being in a position to, we're talking about asking God and receiving 
from God. I think growing up, I had this, I grew up in the church, right? So I had this misconception that you only call on God when you need something, when you've exceeded all of your options, right? The last and, option. Yeah, the last resort, that's when you call on God. And when I got to college and I started developing my own true relationship with God, I realized, like we mentioned earlier, that God wants to be involved in every aspect of your being. What I found in my singleness season was that I had to be willing not only to ask for God to give me direction about who I should be with, but I had to wait for his answer. Mm -hmm. That is the toughest part about a singleness season. That is the toughest part about, you know, finding the one oh, yeah. is, is being able to wait on God's response. Because yeah. when you're waiting for him, he's getting things in alignment. He is preparing moving the way. Down. Yes. Moving people out of the way, opening oh, yeah. doors, closing doors. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So he, it's all about waiting for his answer, that patience factor biblical reference Matthew 7 7 says ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you this scripture does not give you a timeline or uh, a gauge of how long it'll take it just says knock yeah. it will be opened it may not be open the first time you knock or the second but it will be opened mm -hmm. I think it's important to know that not only that you're asking God but believing that it can happen because you know who God has been in your life you know that he's always came through. He's always been there. So trust that he will not he will not fret and he will not, you know, fall through when it comes to relationship because he wants that for you as well. Now also remember too that we know God is a God of detail, right? He knows mm -hmm. the number of hairs on your head. So he wants to be involved in all the little details of your life. Whether it be the small things like taking a certain route to work or just the clothes that you wear. God would love to be involved if you let him into your, your yes. everyday life, mm -hmm. right? If and you I, let him. Yeah. And let's look at some biblical uh, references for that, too. For example, you can see in Proverbs 3, 6, it says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So all of those ways, that means anything in any way. Yeah. In any way that you're trying to go, let God tell you which way to go. Mm -hmm. And for example, one of my favorite ways, uh, favorite stories in the Bible that I like to look at is with Abraham's servant and Rebecca. If you go back and read that story, you'll be able to see how Abraham wanted a wife for his son Isaac, and he tells his servant to go out to the land where his family's from. And he said, I want you to find a wife for my son Isaac. And I love the way that the servant goes out there, and when he gets into the land, he actually sits there and he prays and he asks God for a specific sign. And what does God do? God gives him the exact sign that he was looking for. Mm. And if you want to know the fourth thing, you can go back and read it yourself. Because we also want to encourage people to go read the Bible too. But it's so crazy to know that God answered this man's prayer. And he answers his sign by bringing the woman exactly the way he asked for it. And Rebecca comes and it's just a, a, a sign to really show that God answers your prayer, and mm -hmm. he cares about your relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what the man did. He acknowledged God. He said, God, I need a successful journey in finding this wife for Isaac. Please help me with it. Mm -hmm. Give me a sign. And he mm -hmm. does. And we can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. We can ask God and say, God, I want a woman this way, or give me a sign. And God can do it, and he will do it. It depends on the posture of your heart. Also, how the Bible describes you have not because you ask not. Mm. It's okay to ask. Like, I encourage you to ask. That's what we what we did, honestly. Mm -hmm. We'll get into a whole episode about that. 
But being in a position to ask God and he'll move for you mm-hmm. at the drop of a beat mm-hmm. or anything. And the last thing I would look at is even the first relationship, you look at man in the garden. He was already in assignment and doing what God was telling him to do. So God was already looking for a way when he says, I will make a help me for him. It's not good for man to be alone. He's already concerned about that and already looking at a way to unite and bring in together fellowship with Mm -hmm. the man. Mm -hmm. So God wants the same thing for us. He is all for relationship. And what he does is he puts the man to sleep in order to make that happen. But he only did it, and the only way he could do it is if the man was being obedient and following his will. Mm -hmm. Then he's able to make a move. That's the key. I think we, a lot of times we want something for free, right? We want, Uh, we want to, free 99. We want to just receive it and we want to be happy and we want it. A lot of this is going to take work on our part. Oh, yeah. In my singleness season, I told you I read a lot of books, but I found out God was revealing stuff to me left and right, things I need to deal with. And even when you get in relationship with the person that God has for you, you're still going to be doing work because relationships with with the person that God has for you exposes the areas that you need work on. They expose the trauma. They expose the things that you need work on so that you can be the best version of yourself. So I advise you ladies, males out there, men work on those areas. Let God, let God do the work on you. Let God expose those areas in you so that when you get into relationship, those are not things that are affecting your day to day relationship yeah yeah and so to wrap that point up really be in a position to ask god in prayer and be in a position to receive mm-hmm. at the same time because you never know when god's gonna actually make a move he can move as soon as a couple hours or it may take a couple years but are you willing to be patient and trust that your father knows exactly what's best for you he knows the rib for you and he wants the absolute best for you oh also before we wrap that up I want to say, sometimes God will just flat out tell you no. Oh, yeah. It's not always peaches and cream and who you think is the person for you will be that person. Oh, yeah. I definitely had my heart broken several times before me and Derek got together. Once, Like we've been saying, God wants the best for you. So he is not going to allow you to be in connection with somebody that is not his best. So you have to also know that sometimes God will allow you to get hurt so that you can learn from those things and come back to him. Oh yeah. So I we want to say that too. We want to, we want to just say, Hey, yeah, you may ask and he might just flat out tell you, no, Yeah. no, this person isn't for you. Cause you know, the common trend that we see today is people want to get in relationships and then ask God later. Yes. But what did he say? He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Mm-hmm. He will direct your mm-hmm. path. Mm-hmm. So don't ask for direction mm-hmm. after you made a decision. Yes. yes. Instead, ask for direction now and then decide after he's given you guidance. Yes. And we're saying this from previous experience. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember, and I'm, and I'll, we'll get to our next topic, but I remember like really liking this guy. And being like, oh, like, I'm already coming up with things in my head. Like, oh, this is going to work out. And then asking God, like, oh, you know, Lord, can you, can you, you know, hook this up for me? Get this stamp of yeah. approval on can that. Yeah, can you hook this up for me? And then yeah. God's like, 
No, because you didn't even you didn't even ask me about it before you got into connection. But if you would have asked me, I could have told you from the jump. This is not the person. Exactly, exactly. All right, babe. What's our next point? Uh, The next point is really for uh, the fellas. It's for the men that are listening to this. Um, Notice how we call the voice of the day out of Proverbs eighteen twenty two. Where it says, a man who findeth a wife findeth a good thing mm-hmm. and obtaineth favor from the Lord. Yes. So really, this is what it boils down to. The title of the one being found is dictated by the title of the one doing the searching. Mm. And what do I mean by that? Let's look at an example. If you see a child in the middle of the street and they're just, they look very lost, you'd be like, oh, this is a lost child. And let's say that the child walks away out of your sight, and then a few minutes later you see an older woman, and she's coming up, and she's frantic, and she comes up to you, and she's like, hey, have you seen this little girl or this little boy? Notice how the title of the child changes. It went from a lost child, a less confused, to now it's a missing child, right? Because now this mother has come along, and because of her title, the title of the child now changes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's no different than if you see somebody, another example, if you see somebody running through a field, cornfield, late at night, and you're just like, oh, what the heck are they doing? Like, they just they just running, like, full it's speed. Wacko. Yeah, it's like wacko, weirdo, what's going on? But then if you see a serial killer coming after them, their title just went from a, a weirdo, this strange person running through the cornfield at night mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. a potential victim because now the title of the one coming after them is a serial killer. It's yep. the same thing with this concept. In order to make a woman a wife, you have to be a husband, mm-hmm. man. Right? We have to carry the mindset of I'm a husband and I'm going to make her a wife. And so if I'm searching, I have to have the husband mentality in order to make her a wife. And if you don't, men, okay? If you don't see that this woman could potentially, you've talked to God about it, and you obviously see this woman is not something, someone that you can see a future with, don't waste her time. And by future, let me clarify. Kids, uh, grandparents, being cool, and um, coming to a place where I am comfortable with my in-laws, I'm comfortable having children with this woman, Mm -hmm. I'm comfortable sharing my finances. Come on now, all of that speak stuff. it. That's real like, talk. That is that is what you're walking into as far as dating and courting for marriage. Is that's what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you can't, if you don't see a future, and that, of course you're not going to see all of these things in the first date. But we're saying, don't waste somebody's time. Same thing goes for the women. Don't like if you don't see a future with this person, stop going out on dates with them. Be honest with them. Oh yeah. Don't. I feel like we get into, we have this culture now of just ghosting people and we don't feel like talking to them anymore. Just be honest yeah. and be like, hey, this is not something that I could see going further than this. Yeah. And move on. Yeah. Don't waste the person's time. Right. And so now going back a little bit to the point. So when we're talking about finding a woman, right? Like this is for the men. Remember how it says, a man that findeth a wife. So that means that the man is also doing the searching. Mm. He's looking. He's on the hunt. He's in pursuit. But also notice the order of the verse in Proverbs 18.22 where it says, A man who finds a wife 
finds a good thing. So now you've made this woman a wife, and now the good thing comes after. Mm. Peep the order. A lot of men want a good thing, but they don't want a wife. Say that. They want a good thing, but not a wife. Say that. But that's not the order God has. Say that. Because God is going to bless a union and a unison, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you get married, God is going to bless that. It's Mm -hmm. a good thing. But a lot of men, they want these good wifely qualities in a woman, but they don't want to make her a wife. Mm -hmm. And so you can't propel into the good thing if you haven't made her a wife. Absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. I like that. You know? Yeah, I like that. A lot of men are like that. And I don't know why men are like that today. It's just like, oh, you want, like, sex, and you want her to cook for you, and you want all these things, but have you stepped into the mindset and the role of a husband in order for her to, to do that? Mm-hmm. Because her role and her title is dependent on you, fellas. Think about how the Bible talks about in Ephesians, where it says a man is like a representation of how Christ loved the church. That's the same way we're supposed to love our wives, Right. Think about how Jesus made the first move. He was concerned about man. He wanted to be in relationship with man. So he made the sacrifice first. He made the greatest sacrifice on the first thing. Like he made the first move and the first step. And so now our title changed from being sinners to being children of God because he made the first move. Right, so that means as men, we're gonna have to do that. You want her to be a, a wife. You want her to all to have all the good things. You want all the good things. Make her a wife and watch it, watch it come. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about the ladies? Let's get it, ladies. Let's get it. What you got, babe? The ladies. So now, notice how we said earlier we're talking about the men doing the searching and the finding. I know this might sound a little off. I know some people may not agree with it, but let the man do the searching and the finding. Mm-hmm. Women, what you really want to do is not to search and to find, but rather, number one, let God lead the man to you, but really put yourself in the best position to be found. Mm-hmm. Because if you even read some biblical examples, think about Rebecca or Rachel. Like These women were in the right position to be found, to mm-hmm. be seen. Mm-hmm. And so... What would you say about that? Well, ladies, the best piece of advice that I received in my singleness season was to distract myself with myself. Mm-hmm. And what I'm, what this means is to be busy working on becoming those qualities that we talked about earlier. Ah. If there is an unresolved trauma from your childhood, seek consultation from a therapist. If you have some problems with anger, work on that. Take time to work on the areas of your life that need work. So when it's time and that God brings you your person, those issues will not present themselves later. So when you're being in a position to be found, it's just, it's saying that, hey, I'm doing the work. I'm being, I'm concerned with my father's business, right? Like you are, you are operating in your purpose. You are trying to walk in that purpose and that's what your focus is. I can't think of what chapter of the Bible it is right now, but it says as a single person, you are, you, your primary focus is what God's purpose is for you. I believe it's first Corinthians chapter seven. Okay. Yeah. First Corinthians chapter seven. And it, it says when you're, I think so. Oh yeah. Don't quote us. We'll find it. We'll put it in the description when we, when we post the uh, podcast episode, but it says as a single person, your focus is on 
doing God's will. So when you're in a position to be found, ladies, you are you are being concerned with what God wants you to be concerned with. Absolutely. Um, we oftentimes we get distracted by trying to keep up with the Joneses or trying to do trying to make ourselves like noticed, mm-hmm. right? Like being on social media. If you go on social media, they're saying, "Oh, you got to post thirst traps. You gotta you gotta dress this certain way if yeah. you want to be seen by a man." Mm-hmm. But Ladies, I mean, I mean, unless you're trying to find a certain man to get, you because know, because you are what you attract. Yes, right? absolutely. So, so yeah, go ahead. Just like um, Bay was saying about husbands having to have a, a husband mindset, women, you have to have a wifely mindset. If you want a husband, yes, yeah, you have to have a wifely mindset. Like, hey, I'm not my my mindset when me and Derek got together, and he said that he knew was that. I knew who I was. I'm not saying that I was stuck up or any of those things, but I knew what I knew what my worth was because God determined my quality. God determined my value, right? Mm-hmm. So I knew that I had to have a wifely mindset to be connected to my husband. I was not willing to deal with any boys or anybody that wasn't trying to get on the level of where I knew that I was mentally. So women, you have to come with this wifely mindset, not saying I'm stuck up, I'm better than anybody, having a humble heart, right? But saying, hey, I am a wife. I want to be connected to my husband. So yeah, being in that position in your mind to say, hey, I'm going to work through this trauma. Hey, I'm going to work on um, getting my fitness together or whatever those things are that you've been needing to deal with, but you just haven't been dealing with. And just being in that position to say, hey, I'm going to let God bring me my person. I'm going to not allow mm-hmm. social media or anybody else to tell me where I need to find my guy at and just let God do it. Because here's another thing, too. The Bible says, um, and I believe it is Luke chapter 14, verse 11, it says, the humble will be exalted mm-hmm. and the exalted will be humble. Mm-hmm. So that means if you are a humble woman and you're, or you're working on being uh, more humble and mm-hmm. that humility is something that you're working on God will literally you doing what God tells you to do being obedient and you're being humble God is going to exalt you that is a law like that is a principle that is going to happen eventually like it, it, that is not something that's going to change so if you are humble God will exalt you and what's going to happen is he's going to put you in the position where the white man that he wants is going to see you He's going to be like, damn, man, she is like, wife material. Hold on, who is that? Mm-hmm. Like, who, who is this? Hold on. She, she carries herself like a wife, right? Mm-hmm. Before even being one. She carries herself like mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And I love how even two, this is the, the one of the last Bible verses I want to cover is in Matthew 5, 14. It says, a light on the hill cannot be hidden. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what you're doing. And you're getting yourself into the best position to be like a light on a hill that cannot be hidden. And once you get to that place, now also understand that when you are able to be seen like that, that does not just mean you're going to attract good men. Mm-hmm. You're going to attract. Come on now, say that. You're going to attract some bad men you're too. You're going to attract because the ones you don't want right? too, ladies. Because the bums. Is, yeah, because what do we say? There are a lot of men that want a good thing but don't want a mm-hmm. wife and they're operating out of order. And gladly show them the exit, ladies. Please do. Gladly. Please show them the exit because here's what can happen. A lot of women settle 
because there's not a whole lot of good men out there. Mm-hmm. And we want to work on that, right? I want mm-hmm. I want to be able to be one of those guys that was influential in helping men become more godly, more kingdom minded, more husband minded. Come on now, because we need some more good guys. We men do, we right do, there. we do. And so what? This is one of my favorite things, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna close this out with this. Is let's say for example, ladies, if you became the queen of England right now. And let's say you went over there and they're like, you are the, now the new queen of England. Mm-hmm. They literally would not let you marry a peasant, what they call peasant. Come on now. They would literally not let you marry Come somebody that is not royal Say that. And so God is telling you the same thing. In his eyes, you are a queen. Mm. So that means that you have to have a standard of, I'm only dating king. Mm-hmm. Come on. Like, you got Say to that. be on the same level of royalty when it comes to men uh, and dating, even for the fellas, you have to be on the royal bloodline mindset. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to settle for anybody left. That is the end of the episode of Finding the One. We hope that this really helped somebody out there today. And really, the, the whole root of Finding the One is really being in a relationship with God. Because your loving father wants you to be with that rib mate. He wants you to be with that person. Then you're going to look at him Fellas, you're going to look at her, you're going to be like, man, she look like me. You're going to be like Adam. You're like, man, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Ladies, you're going to see him, you're going to be like, wow, this man really treats me like a queen. And so with that being said, we love y'all. We appreciate you taking the time to listen. And with that being said, we hope you have a great rest of your day, night, evening, or even the holidays. Happy holidays. Yeah, we hope that you enjoyed it. You come back for our next episode. Um, If you could, leave a comment. um, Share it to different people. Let us know what you think. We'll leave our emails in the description as well as that scripture that we were talking about as well. And we just pray for blessings for you and your family during this holiday season. And we'll see you all in the next episode. All right. Bye, guys. See ya. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Ribs, or welcome to Ribs, which is the Relationships in Biblical Submission podcast. We want to first say thank you for tuning in. And my name is Derek, and right beside me, I got my co-host. And today, we got a really good topic for you in store today. If you've seen the title, you already know what it is. We are talking about discerning and confirming. All right? Now, if you're new to this podcast, our goal is to simply show people how to do relationships God's way. And we're going to be sharing our personal experiences with you along the way. And also telling you what the Bible, what the Word of God has to say about it. Now, the verse that we're going to be tying into the topic today is found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16. Coming out the NIV, and it says this. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Keyword, fruit. Save that for later. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Now, the last time we talked, if you were watching Finding the One, and we encourage you, go back and watch it if yeah, you haven't seen it. Yeah, go back and watch it. Yes, please do. Because that one is the uh, prerequisite for this episode, mm-hmm. right? Trying to make sure that we put men in the right position uh, with God to find their wife. Yes. And making sure that women are in the right position to be found by their husband. And so now let's assume that you found somebody. And now we need to discern and confirm. So, you have a potential candidate? 
Do they dress real nice? They look good. They hit the gym. They smell nice. Oh, yeah. They check off all <laughs> the things on your list. They go to church. Man, or woman of God. Okay. Yes. Let's take, let's turn your thinking into knowing. Because oftentimes, a lot of people go on dates and they think they found the one, but do you really truly know? So let's figure that out before you say I do. Before you meet the family. Before you propose. Or before you even say I love you. And before you move in. Yes. Let's do that first by acknowledging the definition of discern. All right. Now, discern simply means to acknowledge, to perceive, to have intelligence, understanding, or to judge. And so remember that the verse of the day that we were talking about out of Matthew chapter 7, 16, the key word was fruit, right? Now, what we want to do is we want to discern the fruit of the person that we're dating. And by discerning, we mean that we want to have the knowledge or to recognize and notice their fruit. We want to perceive if they have healthy fruit. Mm -hmm. And we want to judge the quality or the quantity of the fruit that they have. Yes. So let's look at a biblical example. So we're going to be looking at verse Kings chapter 14 verses 18 through 34. Now a little background on this verse and this is what we're going to use to really talk about discernment how important it is. There was a man of God in this story where God gave this man very specific instruction. He told him to go to this land, perform this task, but he also told him in addition to those first instructions that do not come back the same way that you came mm -hmm. and do not eat anything or drink anything while you're there. And so he has discernment when there's a king in the land and he tells him, man, you are awesome. Thank you for doing this. Or he, he was really um, appreciative of the task that he completed. And he tells the man of God, come back and eat with me. Come feast with me. But the man of God tells him, nah, the Lord told me not to. Right. Mm -hmm. But then an old prophet comes to him and asks him the same thing. And now because they have some commonalities, mm -hmm. oh, surely, he's an old prophet, mm -hmm. I'm a man of God, mm -hmm. and the, the old prophet tells the man of God, an angel told me, surely you can eat with me. And what happens? He just throws the instructions of what God told him out the window and ended up costing him his life. Yeah. So it's so important to take the time. You can see... Like, let's say that they produce fruit, and on the outside, it looks real good. Like, they got some apples, and they're red. They got some green apples. Oh, yeah. It looks real good. It looks good. But then, if you go and taste it, it could taste disgusting. So, yeah. it's so important to take the time and let the fruit develop. Because what happened in this story? He only saw that the man mm -hmm. of God, for a short period of time, and decided to trust him. Yep. And go with it. And that did not go a, a good <laughs> away as you can see yeah and it says in the word that the old prophet was lying right but we didn't he didn't give him a he never checked with god he took the word he took the old prophet's word for truth right yeah. and he never took the time to like check with god like hey god is this is this person really walking with you but he says that he does but like are you are you cool with it and that's our responsibility when we're dating people when we're collecting this data is to constantly go back and ask god are you are you in this? Is this person for me and waiting for his answer? Because yeah, yeah. like we said, fruit does not just develop overnight. It takes some time. You got to yeah. put the fertilizer down. You got to plant the seeds. You got to water it. It takes time to grow. And it's okay for you to take proceed with caution yes. when dating someone so you can make sure and discern that they're the right person for you. 
And the thing is, I wonder how many of people listening are very much just like this man of God where you found some commonalities with somebody, just like he did with the old prophet, and you decided, oh, yeah, this must be, this is good, this This is legit. This must be God. Yeah. And too many of us have done that in the past, or you might even be doing that now. And what can end up happening is you have heartache. Mm-hmm. Uh, hardship. Time you know, wasted, money wasted. Effort wasted. Mm-hmm. Because you did not confirm. And that leads us to the next thing. Yeah, so tell us that definition. Now, confirm is the second part of this. And confirming all has to do with God, right? We can discern all day, but confirm means to achieve permanent acceptance. Permanent. So, permanent, yeah. So, are we getting that permanent acceptance from God? Is he accepting it? Is he cool with it? Is he saying, okay, this is okay. You got my stamp of approval, mm-hmm. right? Not already m- making a plan and coming up with a process and mm-hmm. then wanting God's stamp like, of approval. I'm after. cool with it. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. We do that way too often, I think, and and myself included. You know how you come up with something, you're like, okay, God would surely be cool with this. Like surely. I already know God. I already set it up. I got the basket. I put the ribbon on top. All I need you to just be like, okay, this is great. But we never took the time beforehand to to check with him yeah and wait on his response we we lead ourselves in relationships based on our emotions and based on our eyes to see like oh okay this person looks very very good they have a good job they can support me but is this person healthy for you spiritually yes remember that god is a fruitful god Mm -hmm. he wants us to be with fruitful people that's good that's really good yeah so for example if you see in james chapter 1 verse 17 it says every good and perfect thing comes from the father your loving father who knows all things and let me remind you for anybody that's listening you are made in the image of god so yes he knows he knows all things Mm -hmm. but that means because you're made in an image you know something but you don't know all things Mm -hmm. that's why it's important that we confirm because when we see that every good and perfect thing comes from god I remember that the devil and the enemy is also bringing things to you that look appealing. Mm-hmm. They look good. Just like in the Garden of Eden, right? They have all these good fruits around them that produce yes. really good fruit. But then they have this one over here on the side that God's like, don't eat that. Yeah. Right? It can be surrounded by all these good things and you kind of associate like, oh, this person must be good. Yeah. But you've got to have that confirmation. Because the devil it. is waiting for you to slip up, okay? Yeah. He is waiting for you to slip up and just to... Just to go with the flow and in yeah. all reality not check with God so right. that he can yeah. ultimately just cost you your demise. And that's what exactly what the devil wants you to do. And remember that God is not going to bring something to you that's not fruitful. Neither is he going to bring something to you that produces bad fruit. Yes. So there's a key difference there. But now let's get into some more applicable examples. Have you ever seen it um, even in your life okay, where Somebody discern, oh, this this person looks good. Because we can discern incorrectly, mm-hmm. right? Do you have anybody, and maybe you personally, or somebody in your life where they discerned and they thought, oh, this person must be good. Oh, this must be from God. But then as time progressed and they got to see more and more of the fruit, it was not good. Okay, yeah, I have a great example. So before me and Derek got together, there was this person that I went to church with like, he was a good person. I knew his family. Great guy, okay? Yeah. Great guy. And I just knew. I knew God wanted this man for me. I was like, God, I know it. All 
I know it already, okay? I already know. I prayed about it. I heard no answer. And you know how when sometimes you hear no answer, you're like, okay, that must be God telling me yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. it must be correct. <laughs> yes. And it was not correct, okay? I did not wait for God to give me the answer, and I had already made up this plan in my mind of how it would all go well. Yes. And a couple days later, I quickly found out it was not it was not from God. He yeah. was not the person that God had for me. And I had to just live with that because I didn't I didn't wait on God's response. I just tried to confirm it for myself and I didn't wait. I didn't wait on God's response. And I think it's so it's so good. You will you will miss so much heartbreak. You will miss so much time wasted. Like we explained that will prevent you from these from these heartbreaks. If you just waited on God's confirmation, waited on his permanent acceptance. Yes. And so, for example, when we talk about the fruit that you want to be looking for mm-hmm. as you're dating somebody, as you're interested in somebody, the fruit could be very well the friends, right? Mm-hmm. Let's look at the, the fruit. The company the, they keep. Yes. Let's look at the fruit of the friend. Because as we continue to get into this conversation, one thing that we always say mm-hmm. is that you will know the root by the fruit. Yes. Right? Yes. And so, for example, we just said friends. We could also look at their relationship with God and their godliness. Mm-hmm. What else can we look at? Do they go to church every Sunday or are they more of like an Easter, Christmas kind of person? Yeah. Like, what are their struggles? What are the fruit of their struggles? What are the fruit of their trauma? How yeah. does that affect them day to day? Yeah. Yeah. What are their habits? How is yes. their lifestyle? How do they yes. dress? Yes. All of these things are things you need to look out for and see the fruit of in order to make a correct decision um, about if this is the person you want to date or deal with. It's okay to take things slow. Like, it is absolutely okay. I think there is so much in the world that often reminds us, like, we need to be quick. Like, we need to be married by 30, and we need to have kids by this time. But don't allow the world's timeline to get you off track. Because God has a specialty plan and a purpose specifically for you. So if... This means that it's okay to take your time in relationships. When me and Derek got together, we took our time. We took our time. I had to see it. I needed God to confirm it for me because I had been through that heartbreak in the past. So use your past experiences to kind of teach you those lessons. Don't just have those experiences and just push it to the back of your mind. Use them as opportunity to learn so you don't make those same mistakes twice. Discerning takes wisdom. Confirming takes faith. Yes, you gotta I like have. That. Yes, you gotta have faith in God to for Him to truly tell you, this is not good for you, son. This is not good food. This is not producing a a, a quantum a, a large uh, quantity of food. Or this person is not good for you. That's what it is. But it takes wisdom. You can have. Don't don't over or don't underestimate. All the things God is putting you, mm-hmm. right? He's putting you a brain. He's giving you eyes to see. He's giving you all of these things so you can peep and look at people's character, right? I'm sure I've, there's been moments in my life, and I'm sure there's been moments in your life, too, Absolutely. where you can pick and look at somebody, not even spend two minutes looking at them, and you can already tell, nope, I'm not going to date this person. Mm-hmm. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Because you already see the fruit on the outside. Mm-hmm. It, it ain't it ain't for you. Mm-hmm. It is not going to be compatible with me. I'm producing good food, and you can already see they producing bad food mm-hmm. right there. Oh, no. Not going to do it. No way. No way. Yeah, let's look at a few more examples from the Bible, and then we can 
just so that y'all can have some examples. So a person that pro- looked like they produced good fruit on the outside, but actually ended up producing bad fruit is Judas. You know, I, I hope y'all know the story, but if you don't, let's just go through it a little bit. So he was a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. And he walked with the sa- our Savior. Yeah. And... One of the 12. Yeah, one yeah. of the 12. And he ended up selling Jesus out. Right? For 30 pieces of, what, silver? Mm-hmm. Something like Shekels that. Shekels or something like that. Shekels so, of silver. Yeah. yeah. He ended up selling him out. So take your time. It could be somebody in your very close circle. Like, you know them. You've known them for a long time. Yeah. It still doesn't mean that you should just throw caution to the wind. Proceed with caution. I have a more personal example. One of my close friends, I'm not going to say any name, um, you know, just for privacy's sake. One of my close friends, she was uh, dating this guy who I was also friends with when I was uh, uh, my freshman year in college, right? Freshman year in college, I knew both of them. I was friends with both of them, okay? They always had a crust on each other. They always kind of liked each other. Just never started dating until like two or three years later. Mm-hmm. And I just found out recently that the girl that I was friends with, um, she she was basically in like a verbally abusive relationship. And I said, really? I said, with this guy? Like, I was friends with this guy. Like, mm-hmm. I was friends with this dude. You know, we've hung out together, all this stuff. And let's also remind ourselves, nobody's perfect. We all have flaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all got problems, right? But some people can put on a really good mask. Some, mm-hmm. po- some people can put on a really good facade, and they can look like they have good fruit. And what ends up happening over time, you will actually see the real fruit because the root is still there. It's still producing something that's, unfruitful Mm -hmm. and it turns out over time like we said the dating allows you to gather data about the person over time we started to see oh this is truly his character this is really what he is this Mm -hmm. is truly who he who he is and not who he really claims to be yes this is who he really is and he was verbally abusive and of course he's gotten out of that relationship now but thank god yeah but that's just an example man of how important it is to not only discern right and don't I would say this also, discerning is not just a one-time thing. Yeah. You don't just discern at the beginning. You have to continuously discern. You have to continuously perceive how they're going to act. I'm still discerning you. Yeah. Even to this day. I'm still looking at you. Yeah. I'm still looking at you too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. But now, let's say another example out the Bible. We always want to go back to the Word of God, and we always encourage you all to go back and read these um, these passages and these scriptures for yourself. But for example, a good and a bad example. We Like we said, we're good and bad. But let's look at Saul, right? Or Paul, rather. Paul was the polar opposite of Judah. Paul was somebody, starting off with his first name, Saul, he was bad. He perceived. As bad food. He was bad. He was killing, persecuting Christians and all of this bad stuff until the Lord had to get down in his heart, change the root, pull out the root, put the put him in there, put his light in there, put that spirit in there, the spirit of God in his life, and really have that encounter. And what ended up happening, he was bad, but he ended up becoming good, right? At, at first, he appeared to have bad food, but he ended up actually producing and being very, very good fruit for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So, that is what we have for y'all today. Yeah, absolutely. We hope that you were able to learn something 
And um, feel free to email us with questions. We'll leave our emails in the description. Yeah. Feel free to rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Yeah. And come back for future episodes. We've got some episodes coming up about love languages, about the art of disagreeing. Yeah, We've got a lot of good stuff coming up. Yeah, so. so make sure y'all, y'all, y'all tune in. And uh, before we hop off, uh, before we end this podcast, just remember that it takes wisdom to discern. Always trust um, what the Spirit of God that that's in you is saying so you can see what you need to see about somebody that you're dating, but also confirm it with God. Pray. That's one thing that we did, and we don't regret it. It helped us substantially because we know what it is because God has confirmed it. All right. We'll see y'all in the next episode. All right. Have a good one. All bye. right. Bye. What's up, everybody? Welcome back or welcome to the Ribs Podcast, which stands for Relationships in Biblical Submission. My name is Derek, and right beside me got my co-host, my lovely lady, my best friend, Diavion. And today we have a really good topic in store for you all today. And if you've seen the title, then you already know it is Discern and Confirm. Now, if you are new to the Rib Podcast, we want to first say thank you for tuning in. And we also want to welcome you. The whole purpose of this podcast is very simple. We want to show you how to do relationships God's way while also giving you some personal experiences from me and Diavion along the way. Mm-hmm. In addition to telling you what the Bible, what the Word of God has, has to, to say, say about it. What the God has to say about it. All right. Yes. Now. With scripture that we're going to be tying in to the topic is coming from Matthew chapter 7, verse 16 through 17. And we're looking at the NIV and it says this, By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Alright, now the question of the day is, Diavion, mm-hmm. how do you know if a relationship is good for you or not. Okay, so a general overview, I would say after you have taken the time to get to know the person that you're dating, you both respect, care, and are committed to growing together. And it's beneficial for you both. Yes. And I indicated both in all of those statements because when you are both committed, it's easier than one person being fully committed and the other person not being committed. Now, I want to share two. I want to share a bad experience and a good experience um, that led me to know if it's really, if a relationship that I was in was good or not. Yeah, so, talk. first, my bad experience. I was in a relationship that was very short lived, and that is because the person that I was with did not respect my commitment to being celibate until I'm married. Mm. I want to speak to the ladies and the fellas out there. If you're with someone that's pushing you to do something that is against your morals and values, that's not a good relationship for you. The yeah. person that you're with should push you to live in accordance with your with God's will for your life. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So now leading to my good experience, my relationship with Derek is the best relationship that I've ever been in. Um, we are, we both came into a relationship with clear indications of being committed yes. to doing our relationship God's way. We were intentional. Um, yeah. however, we both acknowledge that we have flaws that need to be ironed out by God. So we both came into a relationship knowing that we wanted to do relationship God's way, but also knowing that we're not perfect and yeah. this relationship isn't going to be 
cookie cutter. It's going to take work and that God is really going to have to work on our hearts and our spirits and our minds to help us to mesh and intertwine in this process. So Derek, share with the people some of your experiences in relationships. Yeah. So, um, my very first relationship, um, when we talk about fruits, right, going off of the, the verse of the day, is you will, over time, like the Avion said, you will start to know what the root looks like based off of the fruit. Mm-hmm. And so my first relationship, it seemed good on the surface. It seemed good at first. Everything seemed all right. But over time, I was able to really see uh, the root of what was going on. And so that relationship was not good because what ended up happening is that there was no mutual benefit um, for where we wanted to go and grow spiritually. And so what ended up happening is, you know, that relationship ended because um, it was just not good um, when we were talking about where we wanted to go future-wise. Um, but this relationship that I have right now uh, with Diavion is it's, uh, very good because we are committed to each other. Um, we are very much focused on trying to do things the way the Lord intended us to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, but also coming to a place where we know that we can do more together than we can apart. And that we can oh, grow and we are benefiting um, individually from being together. Yeah. And so that is the key when you're that's thinking good. about, yeah, like it's, it's so good when you start thinking about being in a relationship with, with people. If you've ever done uh, stocks, I want to uh, apply a more real life modern day example, right? If so many people do stocks and forex and mm-hmm. Bitcoin and all this thing. Mm-hmm. Investments. Yeah. Robin Hood and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, Acorn, all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can take the time, the energy and the effort and your money to make investments in companies, why not do the same thing when it comes to your life and relationship? Right? You want to make or a good return on investment. Come on, I by, like that. Yeah. By, by throwing, uh, taking a chance and taking a risk on something you feel is going to benefit you, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in relationship. Mm-hmm. Why would you take a risk on something that you know the stock might fall or you might end up losing money? Like, no, like nobody wants to lose, right? We want to win, but we want to win by being wise. Mm-hmm. So, if you think about all those things, those are good, important things to keep in mind when you talk about relationships. Can I interject a second? Of course. What you got? And, you know, with the stock market, right, it's always going up and down. You're looking at something over a period of time, right? Yes. So relationships is the same way. It may Your stocks may be down one day and up the next, but you it's over time. And you find yes. all of these good things out over time. Or the bad things. Or time. bad things. <laughs> You're correct. Over time. Yes. Yeah. No, no. So if you were tuning into our last episode, right, we talked about finding the one mm-hmm. and how important that is um, for the men to be in pursuit of a woman and also being in relationship with God so he can guide you and direct you yeah. to the right one, mm-hmm. right, or the wife that you should be with. For the women, we talked about how important it was um, to not be searching and looking for a man, but to actually be in the best position possible to be found, yes. right? Uh, God will guide that man to look for you. He's going to find you. Oh, yes, he will. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, so if you tuned in, if you haven't listened to it, go back and check out that last episode. Yeah, go check episode. it out. Go check it out. Yeah, because everything that we're doing, it's a, it's a foundation and we're laying the foundation yeah. and, and growing together, guys. Yes. So that's what we're doing. Yes. But, so we're, we're already assuming that you found somebody you think you might be interested in. 
Yeah, so we want to take your thinking into knowing yeah. before you say I do. Before you meet the family. Before you propose. Before you say I love you. Yeah, before you move in. Let's let's take that thinking into knowing and we're going to apply some biblical principles to do that. Yeah, so it's very important, like we said at the very beginning, you got to discern and confirm mm. the person that you're interested in or that you're dating. So the first thing we want to talk about, we're going to break this down into five biblical principles, okay? okay. Number one is to ask questions. So as you go on dates, you want to collect data. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. And so what the Bible says is that um, there's a verse, I believe it's in uh, Luke, that talks about how your heart, uh, what you speak out of your mouth is coming from your heart. Right, and so that's something that you see that Jesus did often. He didn't oftentimes reply back with a quick answer. A lot of times he asked questions mm -hmm. because when you start to realize when you ask people questions, you're really getting a an example and a reflection of what's going on in the heart. You're right. You're right. right? Mm -hmm. So I've, for example, I've met some people um, like they're very perverted, right, and like they're thinking and in their mind, like mm -hmm. all they all they think about is like like sex stuff and like that's all they can think. Or like oh like. I'm not even going to get into details. But you know what I mean? You, you've met people like that when <laughs> yeah. all they say is just like bad, perverted sexual stuff. That's because that's what's really going on in their heart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You think about somebody that's angry and bitter all the time and they have that attitude. That, but but when they start to speak, you really feel that anger and that bitterness and then mm -hmm. that tone. That's because that's what's really going on in their heart. And so when you start thinking about those things, I wonder... Uh, have you ever met somebody, or maybe even even in your old relationship, where you got a glimpse of what their heart looks like based on the things that they've mm, told you? Yeah, that's good. I think a lot of times we, I I completely agree. I think when you go out on dates, like you said, you're collecting data. Yeah, I've met several. I've met several people by just talking to them. You can start to see, you know, some of their mannerisms and how how they speak, what they're. Kind of like when they enter a room, you can kind of get a vibe from people. Mm -hmm. You see their vibe just by the way that they communicate. Are they confident when they speak? Or are they more shy when they speak? You know, mm -hmm. like you get a lot of things when you're going out on dates. But I wanted to mention that it is so important to ask uncomfortable questions when dating. Yeah. Because you, you need to have that data before you continue on into a relationship so if you haven't if there are some questions that you need answered ask those things in dating don't wait until yeah don't wait till you years get months down, down the line, line. they're like oh i never asked you this but i've always wanted to know your thoughts yeah <laughs> like me, yeah, no. me and Derek ask so many questions back and forth especially when we first started dating and even now we can sit and talk for hours and hours just asking each other questions because when you want to you truly want to commit to somebody you really want to know who you're committing to so ask those questions and so even think about it like there's another uh, applicable example that we do today if you go in for a job interview what do they do they ask you so many mm -hmm. questions um, even at my job right now I'm an interviewer so I interview different candidates we have questions that we read off this list that sometimes they seem ridiculous these are questions that I probably couldn't answer if I was in the position of the, the candidates, right? But we ask these questions to challenge them to think, but to also really, truly get down to the core of what they are 
thinking and feeling in their heart. Yeah. That's what we want to know. In who your are heart, they for real? Yeah. Who yeah. are you? Who are you in your heart? Yeah. Are you somebody that's going to work hard? Are you dedicated? Mm-hmm. Are you, do you are you show up to, to work late sometime? Like, yeah, do you I really... Do, but... Ah, you know? <laughs> so, like, these are the things you have to do. And so, one of the good ways to get people to talk and to really view the perspective of the heart is to ask questions. Yes. Ask questions. This is all a part of the process of discernment. All right, number two. The next thing you want to do is look at the company they keep. So important. Okay. So much. So important. There are so many things that I learned. Like God, God revealed so much to me. Um, Before me and Derek got together, I had, you know, friends and people that I was keeping around that I thought that were supposed to be in my life. Yeah. And when I removed those people from my life, Mm -hmm. Derek came. So I think <laughs> I think it is so um, important to take inventory of the people and the company that you keep because those can be the very people that are talking down on you, that are not encouraging you to be yeah. your best self. So pay attention to that. Who they got yeah. around them? Who are they talking to all the time? Totally Who are their yeah. best friends? Who are they? Yeah. Yeah. Because what, what you want to do, you want to get to a place where if you took your the person they're interested in or the person that you're dating and you removed them uh, from their group of friends, you want to be able to look like you don't want to have any uh, blinders on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to be able to truly see that, that fun group and say, hmm, this is the people that they hang out with, mm-hmm. right? So let me remove them from the equation. Let me look at their friends, right? Let me see. Let me see their associates. Let me see -hmm. see their close friends, their Mm -hmm. best friends. Because that's going to tell me a lot about their character. For example, in the Bible, right, we can see uh, David had his mighty men. If you would have removed David from that group, they would probably all sit there and tell you that David was a good leader and that he was a warrior, right? Because that that is the type of men that he was around. If you think about uh, Solomon, Solomon had so many different wives and what ended up happening, uh, these were foreign wives too. Like not all of them were, um, you know, uh, children of the Lord. Some of them were from other countries. They worshiped other gods. And, of course, that ended up uh, taking him away from his relationship with God. But what happened? That was the company that he was around. Mm -hmm. And so that influenced his decision-making. And so that now ended up making him to be a man that was uh, filled with lust, right? And then, of course, we can always look at Jesus, right? You look at Jesus and the 12 disciples that he was around. You probably sit there and, and analyze his character a little bit and say, "Wow, this man—he's um, not picky about people. He's very diverse. Mm-hmm. He grabbed a, a, a diverse group of men in different walks of life, mm-hmm. right? Like he—he he was very inclusive and radical about completing his mission and doing his job. And so, these are the type of things you want to look at. Look at their friends, man, because I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how good they look on the outside." If they hang out with a group of people that are that are bad or they are not people that you feel comfortable with or they are not people that that you just you like how did how like they, they feel conflicting. Yeah. Right? Like, oh when they're around you they act one way, but when they're around their friends they act another. Yeah. They, those are take one of those red that. flags, man. Yeah, take heed to that. And like as the company you keep is also, like you said, a reflection of you, right? So those people have an influence on the person that yeah. you're with. So, yeah, maybe the person that you're with or you're potentially dating, like, oh, yeah, like maybe they don't engage 
and like drug activity, but their friends do. So they're yeah. around it. So maybe one day they're, they might just be guilty by association, right? True. Because True. their friends are smoking or their friends are doing this. True. Like you have to think about those things. Um, the company they keep, it's very important. There's a verse in First Corinthians uh, 15, 13, uh, 15, 33. It says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupt good yes. character. There's, yes. a, there's only a very few people who can be good and be around a bad company and influence the bad company, right? That's true. For That's example, true. like Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's the other way around. You can take a good way. person, put them in a bad company, and they will become and conform to that bad company. Yeah. So be mindful of that. And also, instead of just looking at them, also look at yourself. Like you said earlier, what kind of company do I keep? Right. Yeah. Because if it's company that is not welcoming to the person that I want to date. Yeah. If it's company that that may hinder me from being with somebody I want to be That's with. So important, y'all. It it can be a deal breaker. I've had conversations with people, um, some some sisters in Christ of mine, where I've I've had to tell them like, hey, you're around some bad company. Like mm-hmm. you're like some of your company or your exes and stuff like that, and you're maintaining contact with them. And things like that. And they're not good for you. Yeah. Right? They're kind of like blocking your blessings. You know? Yeah, there yeah. was a devotional that I read maybe like a couple years ago. I'll try to find it and link it at, in the description of this video. But the main thing it talked about was taking inventory. It is so essential. Come, sometimes we just recruit people or like um, inherit things and just kind of take them along in life. But it's very important. You know, just like you do spring cleaning. It is important to clean out the different areas of your life where these people do not bear good fruit in your life. They don't produce good things. They're not encouraging you to do good things. You need good people. You need good company. Yeah. 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 What's our third point? Uh, The next one is uh, also look at their actions or the works for God. Right. So now you got to remember, you're on RIB, which is all about doing relationships God's way, looking at the word of God and everything like that. We are all about. Putting people with godly, you know, godly couples. That's what we're looking at. So now there's so many people nowadays that they claim that they're Christian and all that stuff. But you really got to be going a little bit deeper than that now in this day and age because you got to, hey, you believe in the Holy Ghost? Like, do you read the Bible? Do you really go to church? Or you just go to church on Easter and Christmas, right? Do you really understand what you're reading in the Word of God? Or you just read it just to say, oh, I read the whole Bible? But you don't understand anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what what you really want to get to in the actions, you want to see if their heart is truly committed to doing the work of God. Because what happens is, is that God wants to put two people who are going to be equally yoked together. Yeah. Right? You don't want people, you don't want somebody, for example, I said in my past relationship, we were going in two different spiritual directions. Right? You don't want to be with somebody where 10 years down the line in the marriage, you're trying to go do what God tells you to do, and they are on a completely different path. So you got to really see the 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 work that they're doing for the, for God, right? Are they intentional? Are they not? Are they for real? Are they really about it? Are they talking and walking at the same pace? Come on, yeah, that's important. It's important to be with somebody that pushes you to go back to the Word, that pushes you to to do the things that God has called for you to do. Yeah. Um, because there's so many influences out there, y'all, that are that are waiting to take take our minds and our spirits on a different path. So you should be with somebody that's pushing you 
y'all both have that objective to walk the way that God has called you to walk, to talk yeah. the way that God has called mm-hmm. you to talk. Like, really be about it. Get really down in the dirt with God and um, to really understand understand his word and, and be just, it's important to not only just read the word, but to really be. Live it. To live it. I got a question. So, when did you first notice that my works for God, my works for God were legit? Wow, that's a good question. Right? I would say, I would say pretty early on. I would say. Was it the phone call? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would say the first time that I... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Um, Where I saw that you were actually not only just saying like, oh, yeah, I believe in God, but really doing God's word is when we reconnected. Um, A friend of mine was having a prayer call and I hadn't seen Derek or spoke to Derek, I think, for about a year. Yeah, about and like that. um he was on the call and she asked him to like he was supposed to be like bring the message for today. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know I didn't know Derek, you know, does this little speaking thing. Like, what is this about to be? You know, I'm just, yeah. you know, coming in. And I heard him speak and it was, it was very, very powerful. It touched my spirit. I started writing notes, y'all. Okay. I started writing notes. I was like, let me, let me pull out my journal. Okay. He's speaking good things. (laughs) So, um, yeah. And from that conversation, I remember, um, just really seeing that he was walking with God and I'm trying Mm. to walk with God. And I said, this is, this might be somebody that I can really be around. Yeah, I, I would say for you, I remember um, very early on when we started dating, right? Because like we said earlier, there's so many questions nowadays, but you got to be more specific, right? So I remember with you, uh, when we first started, you were doing these things called Sermon Sundays. Mm-hmm. And you would, uh, basically, you would be summarizing the sermon for um, the day or like the message for Sunday at yeah, church. Yeah, And um, I could tell as you would, you know, you would send me, send them over to me and I would read it. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I can really tell that you had an authentic, real relationship with God. Just from the way that yeah. you would dissect um, not only the message down from what the pastor talked about, but you was also tying in and complementing other scriptures. You're using scripture to support scripture, so yeah. I could tell that you didn't read it. Yeah. Um, so that that right there is, is just a key, guys. Um, knowing that if you're trying to really be in a, a, a God-fearing relationship, you're trying to be with somebody that's going to push you to get closer to God. Y'all going to grow together, right? You got to have somebody that's actually about it. You got to have somebody that's going to actually put in the work. Um, Titus says in uh, Titus 1.16, it says, They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny Him. Come on. So you don't want nobody that's going to claim to know God, but their actions don't show it. So make sure you find somebody that's actually about it. Okay, the next one. <laughs> Point number four. Let's go to four. The next thing you got to start thinking about when it comes to discerning somebody is really look at their struggles and their sins, right? And not all of this is going to be revealed to you. 
Like because on day one or even day three. Look, it may not be revealed to you for quite some time. Yeah. But that's when we gotta say love is patient, amen. So anyway. <laughs> so uh now when you're really serious about somebody, it's very important that they are self aware of their struggles and their sins, mm-hmm. right? So um we all struggle with something. Uh, the Bible talks about this that you know, if we claim that we are without sin, we deceive ourselves. Yes. And the truth is not in us. Yes. Beware of people that appear to be Mr. or Mrs. Perfect. That is a dangerous thing. If they sit there and like, oh, I ain't got no problems. Like, like I don't, they, they look like they don't struggle with nothing. And if you ask them, they're like, oh, I ain't got no problems. That's dangerous because we all struggle with something. Yeah. And... I just want to speak on for the perfectionists out there. I am a recovering <laughs> perfectionist. Um, it's okay. Like, it's so important when you're dating to to share with your partner the things that you struggle with because it helps them to see, like Derek was saying, that you, that you have flaws and that you're yeah. also being molded and changed by God. And that's one area where I struggle. I try to be perfect, and God didn't call us to be perfect. Yeah. That's what Jesus was for. Jesus died for our sins. So it's very important to share your struggles because it helps you to connect as a couple. It helps yeah. you to, to see the person um, that they're relatable. They go through struggles. Mm-hmm. I go through struggles. And we can kind of help each other through that process. Right. And so you don't want... And I would say for myself, uh, I've uh, struggled with uh, being prideful sometimes or like being self-righteous. And, and that's not good either, especially when you're trying to be in a relationship where you got to be humble and you got to learn and adapt and grow with somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't be thinking, like, I'm self-righteous. Because then what happens when an argument comes? And you're still going to be self-righteous even though you were wrong, right? Come on now, forgiveness. Don't say nothing. I'm I know. Not, I know that's been me. <laughs> but we have our, we all have our struggles, guys. And so, um, it's very important. You have to uh, get to a place where y'all can have an honest conversation about it. And say, okay, this is something that I struggle with, Right. Um, this is something that I deal with. This is something that I'm aware of. Because uh, that's what you want, man. You got to have that, that honesty. And that's what that really builds. It builds trust to say that, hey, I'm not perfect. And this is what God is working on me with. This is my this is my wrestling match with God. This is what I got to deal with and work with. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Can I say something? Even, okay, so they might reveal, and we want to say the flip side of that, right? Maybe the things that they shrunk with, you. that's not something that you are able to handle. So it's good to know. It is good to know that up front. I can handle this and I'm willing to walk this thing out with you versus I can't walk this thing out. Because there there are some non-negotiables. Like like, imagine if there's somebody that struggle with drugs or alcoholism or uh, something like that. Like, can you handle that? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. It's important to know that up front, right? And that's Or as soon as possible. Or as soon as possible. But um, that's why we talked about it happens over time and it's important to take your time yes. because if they're struggling with something that's too big for you to handle and you've prayed to God about it and God's like, get out, evicted, then you need to know that up front or as soon as possible, like we said. Um, so know that sometimes their struggle might be too big yeah. for you to handle and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, um, I, I've known people, I'm not going to say any names, but I've known people where they did not take the time to discern them enough, and the person was a drug addict, right? Mm-hmm. I've I've heard of some stories where they the people got made did not take all the time to discern, and the person was abusive. Yes. Uh, 
verbally, I, yeah. physically, sexually, all of that stuff because they did not take the time to discern. I guarantee you if they had, they would probably sit, be sitting there thinking, oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to handle this. But like, how do you how do you get, become aware of those things over time? You got to look at their food. Are they controlling or something like that? Like, yeah. Or somebody, uh, like one area in my life that, that God has been delivering me from is just uh, the area of, of, of lust, right? And so that's something, you know, I, I got, you got to sit there and have a conversation about. Like, that's something you can handle, right? You don't want to be with somebody that's, um, if they got a struggle and you can't handle it, that you get, you, you get stuck in it, right? So Yeah. And some people are good actors, right? So we're not some saying. Some people are really good actors. Yeah. What you, you know, mean? The I, devil be going around like a run line. Like, what you mean? Yeah. Because I, I have a family member and she was in an abusive relationship. So we're in no way saying that it's your fault or any of those things. I want to put that out there. Yeah. Um, But some people are good actors. But like we said, really pay attention to that fruit because there is indicators and signs. So as if you can pick up on it, pick up on it and take heed to that. Right, right. Now, the last thing we want to talk about is um, as you go through this discerning process, you got to look at their past. Okay. A lot of how people are today is dictated on who they weren't before. And so a couple of things you can look at in their past is look at their family dynamics. Um, look at their previous relationships, their old jobs, their old hobbies, things like that. Because that is something that you can get a whole lot of information on, on why they act the way that they act, right? And so, for example, you can look at, uh, say, the woman at the well. And you remember Jesus kind of called her out. He was like, you've been married God knows how many times. But having all of like, if imagine if she had went on another date with a guy, imagine how much that would play a part if he knew that information. Oh, you've been made how many times? What? Mm-hmm. Like, that changes my perspective of, how, of if I want to be with you or if I should continue to pursue this mm-hmm. because now I'm getting information about your past, mm-hmm. right? What's your family like? I've been in uh, places of, in relationships where um, I did not like the, the the family of the girl I was dating. And so... It was interesting because you're sitting there thinking, all right, if marriage is the goal, this would be my in-laws, right? Yeah. Do you, is that what you want? That's a true thing. There's a, a lot of the reasons why she acts is because of this these group of people. Yeah. Is that what you really want? Yeah. So it's, it's important to get that stuff, man. You got to look at their past, right? It's important, yeah. Your past is important, and that's how we talked about asking those uncomfortable conversations. Because if you don't ask, you won't know the past. You won't know what their past is. I was with somebody, too, that their dad did not like African-American people. So that was a conflict <laughs> because I'm blackity black black. So <laughs> that was a conflict. Yeah. So you got to know those things. Ask uncomfortable conversations. Get to know their family. Get to know. And a lot of times, sometimes you can be in a room. And you may not be asking any questions, but you might just be observing. Uh-huh. Um, watch body language. We talked about these things. Just collect data. Collect, collect data. data. Um, and most importantly, we want to end with confirm with God through prayer. Pray yeah. about everything. When me and Derek first started dating, I remember when we were going out to lunch and on our first date, I was telling God, like I was asking God, please God, reveal this to me. And he did. Know that God is faithful and it may take some time for God to answer you back, but to, but wait on him. 
Mm-hmm. Wait on his time to answer your prayer, but pray about everything. If there's something you feel everything. uncertain about, pray to God about it. Go to God about it. Um, but we just wanted to share our experiences. We mm-hmm. wanted to reveal some biblical principles that we have obtained for this episode as well. So just to recap, so all of the discerning principles from the Bible are ask questions so you can know what's going on in their heart. Look at the company that they keep because it's going to say a lot about their character. Look at their actions and see if they really match what they say based on what they claim. You want to look at their, their struggles and their sins because we all struggle with some type of sin in our lives because we're all sinning. Um, you want to get that information as soon as possible. You also want to look at their past, right? So when you do all of those discerning steps and you gather that data and understand it's going to take some time, you're not going to get this in a month's time. You're not going to get this. In two months, you might get some of it, but it takes time. Just be patient. Um, after you do all of those things, just like Diavion said, you got to confirm with God. Discerning takes wisdom on your part. The confirming takes faith that God is going to tell you if that person is good for you or not. Yep, yep. Yep, 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 yep. We, um, we hope that y'all enjoyed this episode. We had so much fun recording it. Yeah. Um, we want to eventually... Like, record it, like, live um, on YouTube. We'll get there, and we'll update y'all along the way. But we hope that you enjoyed listening. If y'all have any questions, um, we will leave our emails in the description. Um, I'll leave that um, link to the devotional that I was talking about earlier. Uh And we have a lot of episodes coming up. We have some episodes about the art of disagreeing. We've got some love languages episodes coming up. So just stick around. We hope that you enjoy it. Rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're wherever you listen to this at. And we hope that you have a great week. Have a blessed week. A good time. All of that stuff. Share the podcast, okay? Um, but besides that, we love y'all. And we hope you have a great rest of your day, your night, anything, everything. All right. We out. Let's record that part again. The ending. There's nothing wrong with it. I didn't like that. Ribs, we out. Okay. You want to end? <laughs> <laughs> you, you can do whatever you want, man. Like, what? Why are you? But thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, make sure you hit us up on our email that's found in the description. But until next time, remember to pray, obey, and and do do it it God's God's way. way. Bye, y'all. See y'all next time.